This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah, a lot of responses from that conversation I had with Elliot about the uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross movie and how we botched the first prize. It's a watch. No, it's a car. Welcome back to the program. Uh, two big games tonight on Hockey Night in Canada. The Toronto Maple Leafs look to stave off elimination at the hands of the Florida Panthers. The Edmonton Oilers look to pull even with their series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Chris Cuthbert, uh, longtime play-by-play voice, Hockey Night in Canada, the NHL on Sportsnet, joins me now for a, for a tee-up of, uh, we, well, we really don't know what to expect between the Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. CC, how are you today? I'm good, and you're right. I'm not sure what to expect. Yeah, it's um, it's it's bizarre. Although you know, I, I want to get to the game in a second, but I've been dying to ask you about this because if anyone's going to have a good handle on this, it's going to be you. Normally, when I present these goofy ideas to Elliot, he sort of just rolls his eyes and 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 moves <laughs> along. But you know, there's there, there's something I've kind of been noodling around in my head for a while now. A buddy of mine mentioned it um, after game, might even after game one, and I can't stop thinking about it now. And that is, um, do you see any symmetries between this year's edition of the Florida Panthers and the 2012 Los Angeles Kings? Now, that Los Angeles team, as we can recall, goes in as an eight seed, uh, beats the Vancouver Canucks, top team in the first round, uh, sweeps the St. Louis Blues in the, in the second round, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and go on to, to win the Stanley Cup. And then when you even break it down, I'm going to make my case here for you, Cece. When you break it down player to player, you know, starring as Anse Kopitar is Alexander Barkov, starring as Justin Williams, you know, Mr. Game 7, um, Carter Verhage with all of his game-winning goals, starring as, you know, Dustin Brown, for example, is uh, is Matthew Kachuk starring as Mike Richards, is Sam Bennett starring as Jonathan Quick, is Sergei Bobrovsky starring as Drew Doughty, is Brandon Montour, um, I don't know, starring as Radko Gudis, is Matt Green. I know I'm kind of stretching a little bit here, Cece, but I think you're I think you're picking up the 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 vibe of what I'm going with here. Do you see uh, any 2012 LA Kings in this year's edition of the Florida Panthers? I, I think you just presented it well. And if anybody's good at uh, goofy comparisons, and I got one for you later, uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as the Leafs are concerned, but uh, no, I, I hear you. I, I don't know. Yeah. You got me even on uh Dowdy Montour. I was going to immediately say, well, did they have somebody like Drew Dowdy? And yet, uh, and I mentioned this in game one, I, I have uh, Brandon Montour Norris trophy consideration regret. Uh, I wanted to get him in my top five because we saw him quite a bit in the uh, in the final couple weeks of the season. And I remember kind of asking out loud, should we be paying more attention to what we're seeing here? And uh, I I sat there and I ha- I must admit, I don't know how you ended up with your Norris. And I can't even remember actually how I went other than I did capitulate and give Eric Carlson my vote. But uh, I had... I had 10 other guys I was considering, and uh, I kind of used the old Harry Neal thing that if, if you got 10, you don't have one. Uh, you know, as Harry would yeah. say about goaltending, if you have three, you don't have one. But uh, uh, but Montour, Dowdy is maybe a closer comparison that I, that I might have wanted to give you. So, yeah, with all those elements, uh, I mean, just the eight seed, I, I go back to uh, I actually go back to 96 because I, I picked up Florida 
on their run, and mm-hmm. uh, and they were giant killers then. It, it may not have seemed as big in the regular season. I, I just actually went back and checked point differential today, but we we picked up the series. Uh, I think in the game five of Philly and Florida, and uh, they slayed. Eric Lindros with uh, a bunch of guys that uh, uh, were unsung and not supposed to get the job done. And then they go up against Mario and Yarmer Yager and, and that crew and um, and a group that were supposed to be invincible. And, and they ended up beating them in seven. Now, it all came crashing down in the final. But uh, I, I've been thinking yeah. a little bit about uh, that Florida 96 team and the similarities uh, uh, to to the current roster uh, and uh, uh, but but your 2012 comparison might be pretty good we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see what happens this evening and again like like with you I, I have no idea what to expect but um, if the maple the point that I was trying to make off the top of the show was we all understand what's on the line here and it's remarkable considering all the goodwill that the Maple Leafs organization had built up with, you know, their fan base, how much, you know, management, coaching, the players, how much goodwill had been built up in that Tampa Bay Lightning series, only to watch the whole thing come crashing down. And as I'm thinking about, okay, what's the, you know, the best case scenario for the Maple Leafs is they pull off a, a, a miracle comeback here. Um, and they, you know, they, they win four games straight and, 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 you know, join history of teams that have gone down 3 nothing and have come back to win. Um, but the worst case scenario to me isn't even losing tonight. Like that's bad, and we all know the the repercussions of afterwards. But I, I think winning tonight and then losing at home, when you have all that negative emotion in that building in front of everyone, would be even worse. But do you have a thought on, you know, what happens if? I know we're dealing with hypotheticals here, but what happens if the Maple Leafs lose tonight? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, from organizations that you've seen in complete chaos, where do you put the Maple Leafs if it's all over tonight? Well, it's almost time for my goofy, goofy analogy, but I'll answer the question first. Uh, I, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're in, uh, on the Richter scale, we're in the 9 out of 10. It's, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, all the goodwill from, from, what, 11 days ago, it is it goes up in smoke in in no time and and everything you know I I remember uh, uh, the the game or the, the the first morning after the the win in Tampa and Luke Fox was asked if you know everybody's safe now and I think there was a general sense that you know now all the pressure was off and this franchise could go about its business the way it has and Luke said. Mm-hmm. Probably, unless they get swept, and I don't think anybody thought, well, well, that's that's going to happen. But it's now it's yeah. it's sitting there, and and all the other questions come up. I, I was going to mention to you, and, and you're one of the guys, and maybe not enough people that are listening are old enough to remember the Montreal Expos of the late seventies. Of course, yeah, and, and they were the team, you know, that was put together was going to was going to be the first. Everybody loved the Expos. It was the first Canadian franchise with a chance to win a World Series. And we watched this team get put together with that outfield of Cromarty, Dawson, and Valentine, and all these young guys, Gary the Kid Carter. And 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 for two or three or four years, Jeff Blair would be better on this than me, but 
uh, you know, the nation agonized over a team that had so much promise but couldn't get over the hump, and, and nobody could figure out why. And, you know, they brought in veterans like Pete Rose and Al Oliver. Maybe that would put them over mm-hmm. the top. And and then they decided, you know what, uh, the relief pitching was, was the reason they couldn't get over the hump, so they – they traded Ellis Valentine and broke up the, you know, the, the kids and had to make that difficult trade to get Jeff Reardon and, and, and it still didn't work and it never did. And, and then it ended with blue Monday. And, uh, and, and oh, I was thinking God. about that the other day oh. and, and, you know, oh. and it's over. Uh, so, uh, oh, you know, is, is, is this the, the hockey equivalent? And, and I know uh, anybody in Montreal that's making Leaf and Expo comparisons is uh, is cringing right now. But uh, uh, that was such a great team, and and it just couldn't find a way. And uh, for whatever reason, this team hasn't been able to find a way yet. That um, that Rick Monday Homer still like whenever I think about it, whenever it gets mentioned, like I think it was. I think I was either 10 or 11 years old watching that. You know, Ken Dryden would always talk about, you know, sports is the best when it's most vibrant when you're like 12 years old or something like that. And I remember that one, that Rick Monday home run. I know we're getting off tangent here. That just crushed me, Chris. Like as a little kid, so you see that home run absolutely destroyed me. Sure, I was a big Blue Jays fan there and going to games at Exhibition Stadium. Later on, that became one of my, no, actually was my, my my first job working for Versa Foods and, you know, selling hot dogs and Jumbo Cokes at Exhibition Stadium. I took the job just so I could watch Jays games, but I was right there with the Expos all the way, Chris, and that Rick Monday home run, uh, 81, was just a killer for 11-year-old Jeff Merrick, CeCe. Yeah, I was... Uh... I, I think I was my second year in the business, and yeah, I covered that. And uh, that dressing room was, uh, or clubhouse was as uh, as somber as 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 any I'll ever be, and I'm sure. Uh, actually, just to finish the the expo analogy, Jeff Gerd at today, our, our producer <laughs> mentioned that that was the yeah. first time and only time he was ever on a school bus where the uh, where the driver had the game on. I mean, it it did capture the nation's attention and. Uh, uh, it didn't end well, and, yeah. and uh, the Leafs hoping it, it ends better tonight, or it doesn't end tonight uh, for for Toronto. Yeah. Which, um, maybe it's not unfair to drill down to one, so maybe are there a couple? Are there a couple of players that you're most interested to see how they respond this evening? This is the no tomorrow, burn the bridge, you know, burn the boats, like the, the, the whole deal. In this high pressure like this is even like a pre- this is a deep fryer right now that these these players are going in right now are there a couple of players that come to mind where you're sitting there before the puck drops and you're saying i'm most interested to see how this person and that person react and play under all this pressure where there might not be a tomorrow well there's obvious answers and i'll, I'll give you the obvious answer but with with reasons based on what i heard yesterday um uh, in my mind, as a media guy, I love what William Nylander said yesterday, that tomorrow's going to be fun. Mm. And that I, I kind of like the looseness of that, the irreverence of it. I wish I could be like that, uh, but now can he back it up? Can he embrace the moment the way he said he planned to embrace the moment? As opposed to Mitch Marner, who I'm really interested in watching, who, for whatever reason, 
decided when asked about facing the pressure of elimination, brought it back to the media and what the media says. And I, I just thought that was the, the worst possible answer to a question about mm-hmm. facing pressure. And maybe it said more about the demons that plague Mitch Marner when it comes to this time of year. Um, unless we see Mitch Marner uh, come out and and stick it to everybody with, you know, his best performance. But I, I was really taken by those two comments yesterday uh, in exactly, you know, polar opposites. And uh, it'll be intriguing to find out if one of those two uh, is able to, um, uh, you know, to perform the way I think the Leafs need them to perform yeah. in in their first elimination game of the year. You know, Elliot and I were talking about this before he came on, and I, I think that there's, you know, for Mitch Marner, let, let me let me phrase it this way. Um, Mitch Marner is one of the two high-profile athletes on the Toronto Maple Leafs who, when the season is over, they stay in Toronto. That's where they live, their home, their family, all of it. Uh, Mitch Marner and John Tavares. And it gets really hard um, to just walk around and be yourself in Toronto when you're part of a Maple Leafs team that hasn't had any success. Other Maple Leafs players go to, you know, go to their homes in different provinces, different states in the in, in the U.S., off to Europe as well. But at the end of a disappointing season, Marner stays and John Tavares stays. That has to. And I, I think you really see that the difference in um, uh, in age between the two, because you know John Tavares doesn't ride the wave, not too high, not too low. He's you know right in the middle. He's the, sort of the Maple Leafs man of Zen, where Mitch Marner's not at that point or at that spot in his life it still feels very much like an emotional roller coaster for Marner and I can't help but think like listen I probably would have been the same way if I was uh, Mitch Marner's agent in his shoes I would have been probably the exact same way and having a really hard time with it but the fact that these are the players that stay specifically Marner and I I don't disagree with that I think that was a a a poor choice to to go after the media at, at that point for Marner but I guess he's he's hurt a lot um, do you think it's extra profound for someone like Marner because at the end of this, guys can scatter, but he stays? Yeah, and, and nobody's, uh, you know, I mean, he, he should be able to get out of Dodge. And I, I'm, not, I'm not, as a media guy, upset that he went after the media. That wasn't really my thing. It's just that it, it tells me what is going on in his head, and maybe it's the wrong thing. You think about the Leafs, and they've got... You know, they've got the sleep experts, the nutrition experts, they've got the analytics guys, and they even have performance-based guys that have uh, worked with the top Mm -hmm. athletes in the world. But for some reason, there's still baggage there, and it's it's showing up again. And it's funny, uh, early in the Tampa series, I mean, he hit 10 points, I think, in the first four games, and I'm thinking, that he's, he's finally pushed that aside, but... Now the mm. the numbers look exactly the way they've looked in the postseason over the last few years, and and you know maybe maybe the best Mitch is the one that's gonna that and I'm I'm not advocating a trade, but maybe maybe he does have to get out of Dodge because the pressures that uh, 
that are applied in Toronto just seem to consume him. And uh, maybe that changes tonight. I mean, the funny thing is, I, I don't think there's a guy on the team that, that hardcore Toronto fans want uh, to see succeed more than Mitch. But, uh, but the weight of this is, is, is just compounding and, and, uh, and, and seems to be debilitating. Okay, so on that happy note, we'll wrap it up. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens tonight. 7 o'clock Eastern on Sportsnet and, uh, and CBC. Chris Cuthbert is, uh, has been my guest, uh, play-by-play voice, calling the game tonight, the Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers. Uh, Panthers looking to close out, the Maple Leafs looking to stave off elimination. Chris, thanks as always, pal. Always good to be with you, Jeff. Thanks. There he is, uh, Chris Cuthbert, play-by-play voice, Hockey Night in Canada, NHL on Sportsnet. Um, it does have to be tough when you're one of the guys that stays. Um, and you can't help, like, I, like, I get it. Like th- these guys are very, very well paid. I understand that no one's going to, you know, cry for highly paid athletes. That's not the expectation, but that doesn't mean that they don't feel it every, like you can only imagine, you know, if you're, if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf player who lives in Toronto after, and again, this is probably conversations more for tomorrow than today. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, it's playoff disappointment after playoff disappointment, and you can't just be someone else. You can't just be miscellaneous guy going to dinner. You know, maybe if you're another member of the Maple Leafs and you live somewhere far away, you can, but not if you're Mitch Marner in Toronto or anywhere in the GTA. And he does a lot of really good work. And does a lot of, we were, Elliot and I were talking about that in the first hour, does a lot of like significant charity work uh, in the city of Toronto and it's well appreciated, but it's got to be tough being the guy that stays and hears it everywhere you go. We always think that the local boy goes home story is a good one. I'm not so sure about that. For Marner's example, in some ways, that's not true. You know, ask Sheldon Surrey what that was like in Edmonton. Wasn't exactly peachy. More on the Maple Leafs coming up in hour two. It is Wednesday. That means MVSW. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN joins me here in a couple of moments. Um, yeah, we'll start at Happy Happy as well and talk about his New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Oof, that was a tough one last night. All right. Enough of my yakking. Hour two coming up in a moment. Merrick Show, Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Now. Back in a moment. Act two's on the horizon. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. What do we got here? Like cozy, ah, four minutes. Hey, Matt Marchese. Sorry, I mean, we're oh, gathered on there. That's okay. It was good. Kind of went on and on and on. Nick Felino versus Ryan O'Reilly. Who's better for Connor Bedard? Just Wednesday afternoon, sports talk radio, shooting the breeze. What do you got on the your answer? Uh, okay, so uh, first of all, I'm very. I don't know how to feel about tonight, but you guys have talked a lot about that. Um, how about <laughs> how about we talk a little bit about Jordan Martin up here? So he has zero points sure. in in the last series against the Islanders, and he has 
He has a he, he has a few um in this series against the Devils. It was his fourth multi-point game of the series. He had I believe four multi-point games his whole career coming into this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Playoff there's guy, just certain man. guys. Playoff yes. Guy. And that's that's what I was going to say. There are just certain guys that in the playoffs in certain moments just thrive. And we've seen this we've seen this in the past. Like the guy that always comes to mind is John Drews, right? Having that massive playoff Chris Contos was another one good in the playoffs. Yeah. Like I mean, I I would love to know what why. I mean, if we all knew the answer to that, we'd be general managers well, thing- too, but why? Yeah, the, the 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 thing about it is though, like you know, John Drews and and Chris Contos, those are like the one pops. The ultimate guy for me, where the regular season is you know sort of pedestrian, but then the playoffs start and he's next level. I know a lot of people don't like hearing the name, specifically Detroit Red Wings fans. Is Claude Lemieux? Yep. Don't you think? That's he's a the very ultimate good one. guy. Just like okay, not that you can like float through the regular season, but like let's let's make sure we we save plenty here for when the games the games really count. And say whatever you want. I know he has always the accusations of no diver. You know uh, the coaches wouldn't you know wouldn't send trainers out when he's lying on the ice. I get it, but that guy was a gamer in the playoffs, man. That guy was total gamer in the playoffs. Now let me yeah, ask another, you another a couple of seconds yeah. left here because there's there's yeah. there's so much heat on tonight. There's so much heat on tonight. I, I mentioned off the mm-hmm. top of the show, man, get your sticks and marshmallows because if the Maple Leafs lose tonight, it's going to be sticks and marshmallows for a few days. Just get ready. How are you feeling about tonight? You're, you've made no, no, no bones about being a Maple Leafs fan. There's so much good built up in the first round. How are you feeling about this right now? Well, the goodwill is gone. That is absolutely the case. The goodwill is gone. Even if they win tonight <laughs> and lose in five, the goodwill is gone because you're supposed to beat the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Now, full credit to Florida because they've been really good in this series. Um, but yeah. I will say, especially on the Mitch Marner comments, like if he if he didn't care what the media had to say or didn't like what the media had to say, just wait to see what happens if he doesn't perform tonight. Because you talk the pitchfork, forget the sticks and marshmallows, the pitchforks will be out. You know, with the with the fire and and burn the town down and all, like get yeah. rid of the ogre and every reference that you would like to make. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. I I do believe that they come out with their best performance of the series. I do think that they win tonight, but I'm much like you. It's going to be so much worse uh, when they lose because because they are going to lose at home. That's just what's going to happen because it would be the most maple leaf thing ever. Or what would actually be the most Maple Leaf thing ever was get this thing to seven at home and then lose. So I have no I have no idea how tonight's going to go. Uh, get this thing to seven. Go up four to one. <laughs> Just try to make oh, no. you think the worst possible Oh, no. <laughs> that would be the worst one. Yeah. Uh, Leafs fans. Chill. Enjoy your after. Go for a walk. Enjoy your breath of fresh air. I know it's going to be a very stressful evening, uh, but we shall see. We'll talk about it all tomorrow here on the program. Don't forget tonight, a pair of games. Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers, Edmonton Oilers, Vegas Golden Knights. 
Oh boy, this could be a doozy of an evening. Jen, Lance, Matt, thank you uh, as always. Uh, Elliot Friedman, Chris Cuthbert, and Greg Wyshynski, who joins us each and every Wednesday here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Enjoy the hockey tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, just like you, like zero clue. <laughs>